Blog Talk Radio. Analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. Well, good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, alongside of me, co-host Jay Raff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Good to be back um, after. Uh, needing the time last weekend, as uh, co-host Joe can attest to, um, but it, it's it's good to be back. And uh, I'm you know I'm I'm actually you know as much as we've been talking about dreading you know the topic we have to discuss tonight, I'm not really dreading it. Like I we we've discussed this over and over again. Like don't get me wrong, like I get it. I understand why we talk football the most. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't. Like it, it is absolutely the thing that drives this show and most sports media in this country. However, it does baseball is still my favorite. I don't know why. Like I actually I do know why probably if I went into it. But it's just it's the one that will always like come come that season, whether my team's gonna be good or bad. I just I love baseball season. So I'm I'm kind of excited for the show tonight, even though we have to talk about you know, some of our, our rooting interests not necessarily being uh, what we would wish. Yeah, I, I think we used to spend a lot more time on baseball when the show started in 2011. Um, now, we didn't know it at the time, but 2011 was kind of the last year that the Phillies were relevant right. in terms of baseball, um, at least being good. They might have still been grabbing some storylines and headlines because of the players they had and what they were dealing with come trade deadline and whatnot. But the Phillies haven't put on a good show on the field. <laughs> Ooh, bless you. Excuse me. Um, now for you know what four seasons and we're entering here in twenty fifteen and things aren't looking that great. But we'll get it all into all of that wonderful uh baseball discussion in a few minutes here. Dissect um, that dead animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's already a rotting carcass and yeah. opening day is Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, welcome to the show. Again, this is episode 170 of the Joe Mason J-Raff show. Uh, we're going to be talking baseball all show long, but before we do focus entirely on baseball for the length of this episode, um, I think we should touch on the tournament challenges. That'll be wrapping yeah, up absolutely. here uh, over the weekend with the uh, final four games of tonight. Just a uh, quick note. I, I talked about this the other day with, with uh, actually our basketball expert, Adam. I, I understand, like, TV execs have this figured out. There's a reason they have the games tonight, Saturday night, the semifinal games, and then the final on Monday night um, for TV purposes and all that stuff. I get it. However, I would love if they would do Thursday night, Saturday night, um, you know, and just kind of make it the spectacle on Saturday night, um, leaving Sunday and, you know, to have Sunday before, um, you know, people generally go back to work on on Monday. You know, having having a Monday night championship game is fantastic except everybody works monday right and everybody's working tuesday there's always talk about this east coast bias in the news but 
all all of TV is surrounded by West Coast if you don't do it on a delay. Right. So like live sporting events, right. the East like Monday night and anyone that has a normal night. job in the morning that has to right. start between six and eight in the morning, you get shafted about right. a bunch of stuff oh, unless yeah. you're willing to stay up crazy late. Well, and that's the thing, like you know when when Eagles are playing on primetime, either Sunday night or Monday night. Yeah, really, there's only a half an hour difference. It's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, And then I find myself, like, trying to go to sleep, but I can't turn it off, you know, because the Eagles, or they're doing terrible and I'm mad, and, you know, then I turn it off. But <laughs> it's like, a little easier. It's just, yeah, I, that's that's the only thing I wanted to throw in there. Like, I understand. I get it. You know, they they have the games on the nights where they're going to – they feel they're going to get the best rating. And that's what drives it. And if anything, like, people – it's interesting to- topics that we could talk about at different time. People have been ripping college basketball, the game in general, um, you know, for a while now. And yet viewership is just crushing it right now. I think the Notre Dame Kentucky game uh, last weekend was the highest watch. It was college in, in cable season. television. Yeah. History. On cable television history. Yeah. So Which yeah, it's kind of crazy. It has a lot going for it. I mean, I don't blame the media for, you know, it's all a business. That's what it no, is. And it's what it comes down to. It's just as a fan, you're like, man, I really wish these started a couple hours earlier. Like I wish Monday night football started at seven. Well, right. on the West coast, that'd be well, like, four. And it's just, I used to, when, when I was younger, I, I didn't mind it. Like I, cause I could stay up and watch it and I'd be up for work or school, whatever the next day. It wasn't a big deal now. Oh my gosh. Come like nine o'clock. I'm like, the games in the first quarter, you've got to be. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm in bed. And, and we have, you know, one of our, uh, one of our listeners lives in in uh, Portland, Oregon. Right. He loves like NFL. He gets up, the game comes on right. at ten o'clock in the morning. That's awesome. And the last game is ending around eight o'clock. You know, if you figure eleven o'clock end time for that Sunday night game ish. Eleven you know, thirty. Eleven thirty. Yeah. Eight eight thirty. The last game's you can over. Finish dinner, have a shower, jump in right. bed, and have Monday no night issues. Monday night over by nine. Yeah. You know, on the late, uh, like on West Coast yeah, time. It, it's it's incredible. He he loves it. He yeah. He that, loves I mean, that that's the way it works out. And you know, I I don't know. Maybe would you be willing to sacrifice the coverage for your teams, the talk of your teams, to be able to watch your teams more often? Probably. Yes. Uh, but it also comes down to that the West Coast and East Coast are completely different mentalities too. Oh yeah. Well, it's also you know. When it gets below 50 degrees at a lot of those spots on the West Coast, even in the northern parts of the West Coast, they're like, oh, it's freezing. It's freezing here. And we're like, it got to 50 degrees. 50, I'm like, shorts. Right. It got to 50 degrees this week, and everybody's like, shorts, no We, I, I, we had like, our windows open. The right. door was open. It was, oh, we're loving it. 55 here was great. <laughs> I have an analogy for that that I'll tell you later. It was it had to do with the Penn State offensive line. You may have read it. <laughs> Right. Well, anyway, speaking of, of college basketball, again, <laughs> tournament challenge uh, hosted by us for this is the fifth time now. And uh, we're had a, another great year with over 30 entries. It's wrapping up um, Monday night with the uh, crowning of the champion. It'll be one of the four teams, Kentucky, Wisconsin or Duke, Michigan State. Two of those two of those four teams will be facing off Monday. Then the winner of that will be crowned Monday night. And we'll finally know who ends up winning the bracket. And as it stands right now, and I'm pulling it up here if you're watching us on Ustream, uh, the number one bracket actually is our control bracket. Why it is linked to me, and I wish I could take credit for it, uh, it is our control bracket. It is chalk pick. It is every, you know, the better seed winning every single matchup with Kentucky coming out on top, and I believe Kentucky beating Duke in the – no, 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 no Nova, Which is why chalk pick could take a hit, Yeah, um, especially if Duke wins. Yeah. If Duke wins tonight – um, chalk picks is going to take a big hit. Um, if Wisconsin wins, it's also going to take a hit. Yeah, but, yeah, but that'll um, hurt a lot of people. Right, most of right. the, well, 
Yeah, you can kind of see it. Look, listen here, not everyone has Kentucky. Now, you know, three of the, the top ones do, including the control one. Um, but we have a four-way tie for second, or really a four-way tie for first that isn't, um, you know, our control. And that is uh, my Uncle Rich from New England, uh, Ryan, who won last year, uh, my cousin Todd, and, oh, well, yeah, look, it's me. And, and what's nice is in those four – in those four, we have three different champions. Right. So, so it's, it's going to get spread out. Rich has Wisconsin, Ryan has Duke, and then Todd and I both have Kentucky. If Kentucky ends up winning, Todd and I will tie in points uh, because we both have the same amount remaining. Yeah. Um, but looking down a little bit farther, um, you know, we got four people in, in, in a tie on the top. Right behind them is Jamie, uh, your wife who also has Duke. Now, she doesn't have as many points remaining, so if Duke wins, she'll come up just a little short to Ryan. But another great showing by her. Uh, then we got a, a couple people behind them tied um, in uh, a Facebook friend, Glenn, uh, who has Wisconsin winning. He'll, he'll leap up, won't take the victory over my uncle, but will leap up into second. And then Isaac, who was doing strong all tournament, but he hinged on Arizona, and, yeah. and they lost, their loss really hurts him. He'll fall off. Uh, but then we have uh, your mom is here with Duke. So if Duke wins, she's going to jump up with Jamie. Um, probably the, those will be your top three, Ryan, Jamie, and your and uh, your mom, I would think. That's yeah. the way it looks like it'll play out. Uh, then uh, my aunt, who is riding Villanova, she'll be out of it. But you're still in it with Kentucky. You'll probably right. leap into, easily into the top five, possibly top three if Kentucky wins. Yeah, it, well, Kentucky-Duke championship, and if Kentucky were to win that, I would jump up near the top. I, I don't think I'd win – but I, I'd be, it would be close, and I would definitely make a strong push at the end. Yeah. Now, as he wanted to know two weeks ago and was on here last week, uh, my dad is – both of his brackets, he apparently didn't have much of a variance between them, uh, are, are in 16th place. But our basketball ex expert is down here at 21st. Um, I'm not sure what that says about him or us for having him on as our expert on the show. Uh, and uh, then at the bottom is, is yes, is my daughter. She, she really wanted Utah to beat Duke. Um, and, and keep pushing forward to see her maybe climb up a little. But, unfortunately, that wasn't in the card. So. I do want to point out, though, that she is at 1.3%. So she did better than 1% of the people. And I'm willing to guess Perhaps that. it was other toddlers out there. I don't I know. Say, I would imagine some account for that. But I can't imagine they were, you know, they were all. I, I bet she, she's better than some people's actual back brackets. You're um, probably right. But, you know, now how they put together those brackets, who knows. But, yeah. Um, anyway. Go, Natalie. <laughs> so that's where we stand. We'll find out Monday night. I'll, and as soon as the, I wake up on Tuesday morning, I'll post uh, the winnings and uh, see if uh, the winner will uh, be joining us on the show. Um, even, I guess, as, if I don't tie with anyone, I don't think we get to welcome anyone at the show. But I don't think I can not tie. I think Todd and I will tie. So if Kentucky wins and it's not against Duke, I think if, if it's against Michigan State, um, I think. Todd will likely be our guest. Uh, Wisconsin wins. It'll probably be Rich. If Duke wins, we'll have to definitely reach out to Ryan because that'll be two years in a row. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fun. We'll let you know uh, Tuesday morning after the final Monday night uh, who won the uh, shirt and the right to appear with us on the show. All right, moving right along, talking baseball. Uh, remember, this is a very interactive show. We love to get people to contact us, and Justin has the ways to do that for you right now. Yeah, um, we'd love to have you uh, call into the show. You could give us, you know, your your take on the NCAA tournament or any of the baseball topics that we're going to get into in just a second. Uh, you can use the Made Sandwich Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. 530-563-6297. You can also email the show using the Made Sandwich Shop inbox 
at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. Again, joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. And we're also all over social media, and Joey will tell you about that. Yep, Facebook, Twitter, Google. I think we're on Tumblr. I don't know. We're on everywhere. Um, but Facebook and Twitter are the ones we're on the most. We're there. Facebook's we interact with people all the time, post info, info, info there. And on Twitter, we definitely um, post things from our followers. And we actually have a, a new image that we've been pull, putting up the last couple of weeks where we actually link our um, our Twitter page where we have um, who we're following, the information just rolls through. Since we follow almost exclusively all sports people, you'll see at the bottom of the screen some of the Twitter updates coming through, primarily on college football, professional football, college basketball. Um, there might be a little bit of, of golf thrown in there with the Masters coming up, and also um, some, some local things for uh, Wilson. So uh, we'll have that up throughout the course of the show. You can look at our uh, Twitter feed at the bottom talking all about the uh, world of sports. Um, what are we talking about in the world of sports this week? Well, we're finally on the baseball topic because uh, we're ready. We're just on the cusp of the 2015 season. It's right around the corner uh, tomorrow. Yeah. The, first game, the first game on American soil is tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game, a big rivalry. Um, it's Cardinals visiting Cubs. A lot of people jump around the Cubs bandwagon. They've been reveling in the basement for a few years now. Someone out a couple years ago, they're starting to maybe turn around. Got some young guys coming up with a thematic history in 2015 and back to the future, too. Uh, Cubs won the World Series. So people are hinging on that. I actually see that Vegas is being flooded. Like they have the odds of the Cubs winning. If, if the Cubs win the World Series this year, the internet will break. Like that would break the internet. All the Back to the Future 2 references, Back to the Future 2 would probably. You know, those guys would be getting royalties like crazy. <laughs> they can't, they've got to be rooting for the Cubs, right? I mean, you have to. You have to, yeah. I mean, I would love to see it. You know, the Phillies are, are going to be here all this year. Even if they're better than the set, they're not making the playoffs. No. So you got to have both of these deals. I have no idea what the Cubs. No. You love to rent the field. Oh, my gosh. You know, the Cubs have toiled in the base for the last few years. They've been awful for how long, you know. They have this, the Billy Goat curse, and they got everything going against them. And then 2015 rolls around, and, hey, maybe something will happen. It'd be a crazy coincidence. It'd be awesome. Um, so I'm probably pulling for them this year, especially after the last five years we've had to see the Giants win three times. And, yeah. and that all started with the basically after the peak of Phillies baseball, at least this time around, it started with that Giants defeat in uh, what, 2010 in the, um, the National Championship Series, I think it was. Yeah. It's been down here for the place since then the Giants have been through the last five World Series. Uh, so I'd like to see someone in the NL other than uh, other than the Giants or uh, the Braves or the Nationals in the, in the East. You know, obviously, and I think it's going to be the mess. I don't want to see any of them in it. I don't want to see the Giants in it. Cubs, I'm going to go with the Cubs. Oh, yeah, it absolutely be for the Cubs. I mean, um, you know, we, we have it here, not a little bit to go through, but you know, they have. Go mad now. You know, they got him away from Tampa. So, you know, they, they definitely have a completely different mindset. You know, in the front office, as you have seen, and, and his guys have been work for a couple of years building that farm system, which now has some of the highest rated prospects in all of baseball um, in that farm system. And they filled it up into the major leagues, and they also have some guys that they can still be able to go get, you know, the pieces that they need should they be in it to make a run later in the season. Um, you also have 
well, just set your mind on the day-to-day, like the team management part, and what can you still do in, in Tampa, where in all reality, he had limited resources the whole time. They had great like, prospects, and great prospects, but they couldn't hold on to them Well, that's, that's not going to be an issue with Tampa. Uh, you know, and when they, get, when they develop that, those players, they should be there. Now, that, that, what does that say for his first year? Who knows? But um, as those players develop, they're going to I think the Cubs are at the start. I don't know if they are ready to do it this year, but I think they're at the start to start building, really into being competitive and make those runs. The mid 2000s Phillies, 05, 06, where they were on the cusp, they were clawing for the Phillies, were trying to get into the wild card, couldn't do it. They broke through in 07, early exit, but then that built up the next couple of years 08 winning it all, 09 going back there. So I think I agree with you. I mean, we'll get to our full prediction shortly, but. I do. It's probably a little early for the Cubs, but I think they're in the, moving in the right direction. Right. And they're also in a tough division. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. So well, any, anytime you're with the Cardinals, who just like the Giants over the last, right. you know, five, six, seven plus years have been one of the premier teams right. uh, in all of baseball. So yeah. it's definitely it's definitely difficult. And, you know, we've seen the Brewers have up and down years. The Pirates have been strong the last few seasons. It's definitely a very, very difficult division. And it could be one that's difficult to pick again this year. Uh, I mentioned opening night is tomorrow night, Sunday night, Eastern night. Uh, but opening day, I think the rest of the teams all play yeah, on Monday. They all play Monday. Um, so, so that'll cool. be great. Uh, the Phillies, you know, obviously the, that's the team we'll be focusing on. Uh, I, I did also notice when I was doing research for today's show that the last day of the season, now Phillies game probably won't matter for the Phillies. It could matter the team they're playing. If the Marlins are going to be any good, I know the end of the year with the Marlins. I don't think that series will have much impact on the playoffs, but I did notice that, Baseball has moved every single game start time to three o'clock that yeah, day. It's they actually, and this is kind of crazy. They took a, a page out of the um, like Premier League um, ideas, and on the last day of the soccer season in in Europe, all the teams start at exactly the same time. So it's not a matter of you know we can see what's going on in that game and kind of base it. You know, no, like you've got to you know for those games that are going to matter. It, you're not going to have an advantage by playing a 3.30 or 4 o'clock game right. as opposed to, well, you know, they're all going to be at, at 3 o'clock or what did you say, 3 or 3.00? Three, 3 o'clock, yeah. yeah. I remember a few years ago, thinking back to 2007 again, where yeah. the uh, the Phillies had a chance to win the division, but the Mets game started before them, and I think right. they rolled out Tom Glavin and the Marlins jumped up on him like yeah. 7 nothing in the Dom first inning. I think Dontrell Willis was still there and pitched uh, – like, for the Marlins, yeah, and it was was a key factor in that game, and it was, it was awesome. Now the Phillies needed the Mets to lose, right? Right. So I and I, if they won, were the Phillies out of it then? I can't no, remember. I think they might have. Would that I have think, forced a tie then? If the right, Phillies would win, right, or they would have had right, to play off. Yeah. Well, with the Mets losing, the Phillies knew then they had to win that game, and they were outright division champs going back to the playoffs for the first Complete time in, the in fourteen class. years. For the Braves, well, completely collapse for the for the Mets. The first first of two yeah, to come, yeah. uh, but now everything will be happening at one time because the last games of the year are all starting at three o'clock. I think that's a good idea. I, I, I definitely. Mean, you see a, a version of that in football where there's the Monday night game right. that last weekend, and they also um, try to schedule divisional games in the last right, few weeks right. of the season to keep everyone on their toes to keep uh, you know everyone's blood boiling and right. even if they're not in it there's always you know you know something to fight for they talk about baseball season being too long and like that's a separate argument but if you look there's been drama at the end of the season like the last few years so you know that that's what you want you want drama in those last games and 
um, having them all start at the same time isn't going to decrease any of the drama. If anything, it's going to add drama. No, and uh, I, I, I agree with the move. I think it's one of a, 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 it's a great move by baseball. I don't know if uh, Rob Manfred had his fingerprint on that or if it was decided before Bud Selig left. But um, in case you're not aware, we have a new commissioner in baseball. Hallelujah. Bud Selig is gone. The Brewers are going to honor him by retiring the number one. They would. The Brewers <laughs> would. Uh, sometime this season. But Rob Manfred is moving. going to have Ryan Braun do it. He, he immediately stirred the pot talking about changes he wants to see happen that he'll bring about. He's not, uh, you know, I, a lot of times baseball is, is steeped in tradition and un, unwillingness to change. I think Manfred isn't going to be a complete, won't do a complete 180 and be different and just throw everything. But I think he's willing to listen and open to change. And obviously one of the things that has been a focus of baseball, not just by the new commissioner, but by, you know, fans and, and sports personalities, the media at large is, the speed and pace of the game, are they losing fans? There's a, a lot of inactive times. And uh, he's talked about um, some of the things to speed up the game. But one of the bigger things that he mentioned this year was eliminating the defensive shift. They want to they want to speed up the game, but they also want to bring offense back to the game. Right. And and that's kind of an interesting point. Like They want to speed it up, but they want to bring offense. Baseball is a sport where inherently adding offense lengthens the game. Oh, yeah. Like in it, any like, sport, every right. sport, offense like it makes the game longer. The game, and so when you, when you look at like what that that means, it just it doesn't make sense. I I understand they they don't want the games to drag on. Well, you know what? The new rules are in place to speed up the game, and the first inning for the Phillies preseason game last night took well over half an hour. Um, you know, it just it doesn't work quite how I think. A lot of people wish there was like an easy fix. Oh, we're going to make it go faster. No, you, you, good luck with that. Um, I don't, in my opinion, you want to make it go faster. They should make the strike zone bigger. In reality, they're talking about adding offense and making the strike zone even smaller. Right. Like, because pitchers are getting, this is basically what it came down to. In the article I read pretty much called them out. In, in the eyes of baseball execs, pitchers are getting too good. They're the equivalent – it's it's kind of like an equivalent to the kickers and the extra point in, in baseball now or in football. Obviously, it's not quite the same. You know, they're not striking out guys at a 99% rate. But, Strike you know, three. Yeah. No row. <laughs> the baseball executives are like, we need more scoring. We're going to make the strike zone smaller. So, basically, you're punishing pitchers for being better. Um, but that, that I just think they're trying to fix things that – like who who are they losing? And that's kind of my view. Are they losing? Are there really people who are just like you know what? I'm not going to watch this baseball game because it's too long. There are people who think that, but I I don't think if you take 15 minutes off the game, which is a lot, that they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to watch baseball now. Like Wait, that, hold that's on. a stupid idea. Hold up. Are you saying that this could be a manifestation of the media? <laughs> they don't do that, Justin. Come on, please. <laughs> it, you know, like. I'd like them to take a survey, even even make it a half an hour, which is virtually impossible to make the game a half an hour shorter on a consistent basis without just cutting innings off and making it like a six-inning or seven-inning game. They're like, never going to do that. Like, how – who is going to watch baseball now that they have, that a batter has to keep one foot in the box – Who's gonna Who's gonna watch baseball now that didn't watch last year because of that? No, and no you're, you're right. You bring up a you know a very fair argument, and I I don't I don't care about the. You care more about the appearance of trying to make the game. You're, you're, like oh, I think you're 100 percent right on because that. Because there's 
the, the penalty for taking your other foot out of the box is like a $500 fine, or it might be more than that or whatever. David Ortiz already said, I might owe money at the end of the season. I'm going to step out every time. It's all like, about PR. Right. And that it's not just true about baseball and saying, well, we'll change this for the fans, make it more interesting, make it you know less time-consuming. And what about in football? You have all the off-the-field stuff that they're right. just trying to spin. They want good PR. Now, I'm not saying they don't truly care about some of the issues surrounding their players and their antics off the field, but it's just to get the public perception the on their time. Because right. they're going to lose money in the long run. That's what this is all about. They don't Baseball doesn't want to lose fans because they, they don't want to lose people from going to the games to buy merchandise. That's what it all comes right. back to. Um, but what are they doing? They're doing something this year to try to speed up the game. And I think, I, I honestly, I think if they can keep it right around the three-hour mark by reducing time but bringing it back because of offense, I think they'll win. You're not reducing the overall time, but you got rid of some of the crap in between and, but got interesting plays happening. And, and I can I can agree with that. And, and I can say, like, if you want to increase offense, okay, I get it. Like, you can have the philosophical things. They talk about it in every sport. Like, they've talked about it in the NBA, how they've opened up the game because they've, you know, taken away, like, the hand-checking. And, you know, they talk about, um, you know, in football, all the all the rules, all the new rules always favor the offense. And, you know, in, in baseball now they have these, like, it's that's fine. If that's how it's going to be, like, that's okay. Like, I may not agree with it, but I understand wanting to bring offense in. I I understand from that standpoint, then, if we want to make the game more offensive, if we can stay around three hours, that's fine. We can't have three hours and 20 minutes on average. Right. Okay, no. I, I get that. But at the same time, when you when you get people going to games and it's like maybe an eight to six game, if that game takes three hours, 15 minutes, but it was eight to six, they're no probably like, okay with it. Oh, that. God, like yeah. that was that took forever. Essentially, like, you – you Not want the to people see... who are there. That's the thing. The people who are there. And they want to attract casual fans. And I'm just saying, I don't think you can make enough of a difference in time to to attract casual fans. Adding more offense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think adding more offense more in 15 minutes is going to still get you more fans than keeping it at three hours and adding offense. Like, right. it, it, I think the offense, they're, they're separate points. And I think what will happen is, Watch, they'll, they'll speed up the game. They'll get some positive feedback, and they'll just kind of use that as a blanket. Like, look, it's working. It worked. Right. It's like we'll have eight variables. Something will be positive, and we'll just say everything Everything works, works right. When we obviously – not actually, people probably don't understand this. Not how it works. Fans want to see combined between the two teams 10 to 15 runs a game because that's interesting. That's exciting. What they don't want to see is one nothing games or 2-1 games, right. 3-2 games even. you know They want to see the offense. They want to see home runs. They want to see doubles. They want to see attempts for stealing base. They want to see successful stolen bases. They don't want to see those pitchers' duels they where no one's pitching for history. You, the you only want... exception is pitching for a, a um, no-hitter or, in lesser chances, a perfect you're game. Saying, That's the only time you want to see pitching dominate. things like, not you, but things like you know, defensive shifts and – you know, stealing bases and all that stuff. Um, you know, if if those like uh, sabermetrics is is against stealing bases, sabermetrics right. is for the defensive shift. Right. Like. Yeah, you're kind it, of. It's kind of funny how like now I'm not saying you know, I I believe in, in in those numbers like I if that's something you can really believe oh, in. Totally, like, I'm a hundred percent behind that. You know what I mean? But I'm like, a sabermetrician like, fanatic. Right, right, but like. You know, I I I just feel odd saying I believe in math 
but, <laughs> like, but I don't. But that's I what I'm sorry. saying here. Like, you know, I, I have no problem with that. I still think stealing bases when you have that opportunity is is a good thing. I'm not against bunting at the right times. Right, no, like it's situational baseball. Right. But, you know, it, it's funny how a lot of the things, those adaptations that have come to the game kind of slow down the game. Well, when you don't have guys getting thrown out stealing bases, well, that slows down the game. Right. Um, when you have to take the time to shift your defense, that slows down the game. Not, you know, let's say it takes – it might only be a few minutes here and there, but – that's that's a big deal. They they have some minor tweaks coming in. Some people might call them superficial, and they, maybe they won't do too much. Um, one of them, the um, all the um, managers have to initiate instant replay calls from the dugout. I don't know how much that changes. I don't well, know what no, the real rule no, was before. If you, if you think back last year, what they would do is they walk, walk out, out, walk out, they walk slower than they do for the pitching changes when they're trying to buy time, and then they would talk. And they would always position themselves so that the umpire's back with two dugouts. They'd be like arguing and looking over their shoulder. And somebody yeah, would out and give them like, uh, if you have thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, and you know they would challenge it like a minute later. All right, I understand. And that makes sense. Um, the other one is now all the batters must have a foot, one foot in the batter's box at all times. By the way, it's cool everywhere else. It's just not an appropriate. Yeah, why not? And lastly, and more importantly, in terms of television time, the game will resume promptly after TV break. And how they're going to enforce that? I think that's penalized. It's not right. the case. Like, especially if it's nationally running a game. Like, so like, Fox is going to game, they don't go right back. But, like, who gets penalized for that? Not TV. You know? Home team? I, I don't know. I don't Fox. Know. I'd be okay with that. Like, I think we should find NBC. Like, no Fox. <laughs> Joe Buck, like paycheck. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the timing aspect, which we talked a lot about. Um, there were a couple of managerial shifts. We mentioned, you mentioned the Joe Madden one on the Cubs. That's probably the biggest one. Right. In terms of names, Astros, AJ Hinch, you might have heard of that. Rangers, Bannister, Duncan Baxter, Pale, Ray, Kevin Ashton. The only name especially manager that probably rings the bell with um, casual baseball fans is probably Paul Mulder. He's taking over from Garden Hire in Minnesota. Um, the other one, I'm not sure, I heard you probably don't know too much about Hinchcliffe or Hammer Cash, but Madden and Mahler, uh certainly, I think this is this is Mahler's first chance at least in the majors as a uh, as a head guy. So we'll see how that works out. Um, just of note, there's a lot of talk in the offseason about the Yankees and, and retiring numbers. They're adding three more. Uh, Bernie Williams is one where they've decided of 20. Andy Pettit, we say that no. That Derek Jeter will be coming down the pipe in some years. Two will be gone. I think you see that they in the back. This is all over the internet. Based on projections, the Yankees will improve in by wins against replacement at shortstop more than any other team in the league this year. Because Jeter was a shell of himself. So, yeah, um, the last couple of years. So, I mean, worthy of having a number retired. More so than any oh, absolutely. Yeah. on that list right there. But um, in my opinion, like, I like Bernie Williams. He's not like they're all time great. He's not Are any of them all time great. Though. I mean, no, they're not there at a great time, which right. makes sense. Yeah, and Bernie Williams is there for some of it. And then who's the third one? Pettit. Pettit. I, I don't think any of the three deserve to have their time. Any of the three deserve to have their Jeter, yes. 
I still favor the Dodgers roster over the Giants, though. Right, and and if if we're picking playoff series, which is obviously way 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 too early to do that, I don't know who I would take, San Francisco or the Dodgers. Um, but I'm taking the Dodgers over the course of the season. They have more talent. I think uh, that talent's going to win out over 162 it's games. It's funny that that when you're talking 162 games, you look at overall talent. When you're talking playoffs, so you're looking at you're rotation, looking at three pitchers, and clutch hitting. Guys that can hit. Right. And the Giants seem to have it, but right. it's funny how they can't get it done over the course of the season. But when it comes down to three to five games, the Giants can pull it out. But I think it'll be Dodgers-Giants, but when it comes playoff times, get back to me. I agree. It'll be interesting to see if the Padres can can bump up a little bit. Like, they had 77 wins last year. Um, you know, they could be interesting if they can get above 500. All of a sudden, they start stealing some of those wins from the Dodgers and Giants. That starts Make it a little more interesting. There. I think the Padres are poised to improve. I don't know that they're going to improve enough to – to be a real threat for a playoff spot out of that division, though. All right, back to the American League, going to the Central Division now. Last year it was the Tigers by one win over the Royals, followed closely by the Indians, and then the Chicago White Sox and Twins were at the bottom. Uh, but the Royals, kind of like the Giants, were the shocker there, wild card team, two wild card teams meeting in the World Series. I was pulling for the Royals, one of them to do it. They fell in seven games. What do you think the AL Central is going to shape up like this year? Honestly, I think the Tigers are going to fall off a little bit. Um, and I think, and again, I've seen this a few places. I think the Indians are really going to make a run um, again this year. They, they've kind of been on the cusp for a few years and haven't been able to get things quite where they need them to be. Um, I think the Royals will still be okay. I think they might fall off a little bit from last year, but I don't think too much. Um, I, so I'm going to go Indians and Royals. As the top two there. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm actually going to say the Royals get that extra win, the, okay. and I'm going to have the Royals winning that division, but I was going to have the Indians leaping over the Tigers. I think the Tigers could still steal. You know, you could see three teams from the Central possibly make, make it into the playoffs, you know, that one game play in essentially. But I think the Royals win the division. Indians there, Tigers right there, and I just I don't see much from the White Sox, even though they're celebrating think, 10 years since right. their World Series I think title. the White Sox could get better. And the Twins are tough division. complete rebuild tough division. right now. So, um, yeah, that is, that is a tough one. All right. Back in the National League, National League Central, we talked a little this bit about this division tough. when we were mentioning the Cubs in 2015 and what it may mean to them. You know, last year the Cubs finished last. Um, they were behind the Reds, and then it was, for the long time, it was Brewers, Pirates, Cardinals jostling. Brewers cooled off a bit. Um, Cardinals won the division at 90 wins. The Pirates right behind them at 88. Uh, Pirates were the wild card. Does anyone jump out to you? We mentioned we like the Cubs as being a bit of an upstart. Maybe not quite there. It's you know we mentioned the AL Central being a pretty competitive division. This top to bottom could be you know, even yeah, better. Top, yeah, top <laughs> to bottom, this could be the best division in baseball. Um, I think the Cubs do get out of the basement here. Um, the tough part, a lot of people are picking the Pirates. They think this is maybe the year um, that they kind of make that big burst and and you know make a deep run in the playoffs and make a shot at a world series. I personally am under the, I'm going to go with the Cardinals until they don't do it. Like I, I, we got burned in football when we did it with the Packers, when we left the Packers and said, we think, you know, we were trying to be out ahead of that one, you know, and be like, we think they're going to start to fall off. It didn't really happen. Um, I think that's what I'm afraid of doing with the Cardinals here. I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. I think the Pirates are absolutely a good team, and I think they're a playoff team. Um, but 
I'm going with the Cardinals to win the division just because they're the Cardinals and they get it done every year. And once again, I completely agree. I wanted to jump. <laughs> we them. haven't gone over. I these wanted before. to dump them. I wanted to say no. The Cardinals aren't going to do it. But they're they remind me of the Patriots without maybe the arrogance. Now we don't talk as much about St. Louis because they're in the Midwest and you know we don't interact with Not St. Louis arrogant. all that much. But you know, until someone beats the Cardinals and proves they can do it consistently, at least within the division, I got to go with the Cardinals. I'm keeping the Pirates in second. I am going to move the Cubs up to third, though, with the Brewers and Reds duking it out. Unfortunate for the Reds is an anniversary year for one of their World Series titles, big red machine history there. And they're also hosting the All-Star game. Um, but I don't think it'll be a bad year for cool, Cincinnati or Milwaukee. Talk about home run derby and stuff. That's a hit Great American park, ballpark. So see some people put it in the river there, hopefully. All right. And then – Last one in the American League, the the big one, the one everyone talks about with all those incredible rivals and, and steeped history that is uh, the Yankees-Red Sox series. The American League East, last year we saw the Orioles be uh, second best team in the American League. Um, they won the division, and they're the only team from the division to make the playoffs. If, I, I don't know what remember the, this, the information on that was after uh, not having Red Sox or the Yankees in the playoffs. It's only happened a couple times yeah, in a, a long, long time. time. Um, but what do you see? How do you see the East playing out this year? Um, I'm going to go with the Orioles again, winning, um, part of that, I'll be part of that is like rooting interest. Like I, I want them to, to win it. I'm going to go with the Red Sox actually going from worst all the way up into playoff contender, um, in, into that second spot. I think they have enough. I think last year they were better than that 71, 91 record. And it just kind of, it snowballed out of control there relatively quickly. Um, I think they'll be back and, um, I, but I still think the Orioles are going to win. I think the Yankees, like some people kind of like unsold. I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to be right there. I think it's going to be a three-way race, and I think two of them will get in the playoffs. I, I agree with you in most facets. I think it will be a three-way race. I think two of them are going to make the playoffs. I actually have the Red Sox going to first place, jumping all the way up from 71 and 91. I, I think I could see them flipping that. I could see 91 and 71, and because of a little bit more competitiveness amongst the teams, um, I'm not sure anyone's going to get much higher than, than a little over An 90. interesting team there to watch is the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I don't yep. know that they've got the pitching to get it done. Um, by the way, you know, I remember just a side note real quick. A few years ago, everybody was kind of a little worried that the, um, the Phillies had given up a big Kyle prospect, Drabeck. Kyle Drabeck, who just got waived by Ouchie. them and didn't get picked up by anyone. I think he was able to sign somewhere else because no one picked him up on waivers. Or maybe somebody did, but, like, yeah, so that wasn't the big loss that everyone kind of anticipated. Yeah, so I think it's going to be... I think the Rays are going to drop. They yeah, oh yeah, no, I completely year. agree. And I think Joe Madden got everything he could have those yeah. games. Wins. I think they are going to... So, they might not get 70 wins this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see it be a four-team charge, but I think, yeah. I honestly think it's going to be Red Sox, Orioles, with the Blue Jays chasing them, and the Yankees and Rays down at the bottom. But I think be. the Yankees will be closer to the top than, than the Rays at the bottom. Could be. Um, but I think Red Sox win with Orioles as a wild card all right, last division, and I'll segue into our Phillies talk. Back in the NL East, last year was the Nationals, and everyone else struggled. The Braves, Mets, Marlins were all um, under 80 wins, and the Phillies were just above 70 wins at 73. Um, I I feel like – I almost feel like this year is going to mirror what's listed there. I would love to say the Phillies jump up, get you know, five more wins, and be close to 80 wins. In all honesty, I think the Mets and Marlins are both going to improve. I think they're both – going to be 500 or better i don't know that they're playoff teams i think the nationals will win it even if they don't live up to their potential because i think they're that much better than a lot of the teams um 
I think the Phillies are going to be amongst the worst teams in baseball in terms of wins and losses. I don't get me wrong. I think there's a chance. Like if, if we talked about this last year, and I'm not if, saying if, if right. If every one of their guys had you know a spectacular like renaissance of a year, um, they could make it to 500. <laughs> right. Um, but they're still not going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I no, I, I don't think they'll be close. I'll be honest. If they could match their 73 wins from last year, I'd be pleased. That's that's awful, but that's just the, kind of the way. It yeah. Is. Um, if they could get the 75 wins, I'd call it a successful. Season. My my like. Wow, this wasn't as bad as possible. Was seventy five. Right. Yeah. My low. I don't think they're going to go sixty two and a hundred. I think the low is sixty five with an ex- expectation of getting to seventy. Uh, I think if they can I get to seventy and ninety two, that's fine. I don't want to see sixty two and one hundred. That would just be debilitating. On the other hand, yeah, it, it's terrible to be that bad. But if they get sixty five wins, but are still the worst team in baseball, like. That's better than getting like 68 wins, being like the third worst. Team. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just what do we say when we talk about football? Be bad. Be bad or be good. Don't be in between. Right. So right. I'd rather see the Phillies at the bottom but than I'm, in the middle. I'm going of the with pack. the Nationals to win it. I 